friends, welcome to Sky House Herbs Podcast. I'm Ashley Ellenboss, a clinical herbalist, and in this space, I share my knowledge and experience with plant medicine to help you on your own journey of healing and transformation. Join me in exploring the ancient wisdom of plant spirit medicine and how it can be used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. We'll talk to experts in the field and share stories from people who've been transformed by powerful plant allies. New episodes are released each Monday, so please subscribe. And now, let's explore this mystical world of plant medicine together. Hey friends, welcome in. Today we're going to be exploring a really cool tarot deck that was made by herbalists and wild people of the deep medicine lands of New Mexico. This is called the Hedge Guild Otherworld Oracle, and it was created by Jesse Wolf and um, and Kiva Rose, who live in a really incredible place way, way out in the lands of New Mexico. And I feel like the magic that they bring to this deck is so powerful and comes through this land that they live in through their experiences and their life here on this very mystical, magical planet and comes through in these cards and through the magic of the cards. I want to share with you what I've learned through working with this particular deck, how they've arranged the deck. And then I'm going to do some plant divination with you. And we'll take a look at some of the lessons that will come through the cards to you um, and see how you can find the ways to apply this medicine to the work that you might be doing. So let's dive in. I wanted to first start and read a little bit of a bio from Jesse and Kiva. So they reside and are deeply formed by the wilderness of southwestern New Mexico on a wildlife and botanical sanctuary, seven rivers crossing from the nearest pavement, and a hundred miles of an uninhabited forest to the closest little city. They have been sharing their enchantment and passions through their plethora of books, along with their periodicals, Plant Healer Quarterly, and the free Herbaria Monthly available at the Plant Healer website. They each wrote sections of this. So I'm going to hold up the book here. This is the Hedge Girl, Hedge Guild Otherworld Oracle Companion. And this is a amazing, I mean, this in itself is worth getting because of the way that they explore all of the different concepts of the people, the animals, and the plants of the hedge. Um, and so this is a just a great reference book as an herbalist and someone who is interested in looking at the druid and nature worlds that exist beyond the veil. And then they have the cards that come with it. So these are also beautiful. And their artwork on these cards, so this is the back of the deck. And so all of the cards display the same imagery. And then what is so beautiful is that um, the drawings here were done by both Kiva and by uh, Jesse. So let me just show you a few of the images. So there are three different arcanas. Um, or sort of ways that the deck is split up. So the three arcanas are the hedge guild arcana, which are the people. So here's a few images. Here's one, the reveler. I actually recently got this one in a spread when I asked a question about, I'll be teaching at the Good Medicine Confluence in just a few weeks in July in Colorado. And I asked the deck, I asked, what, what can I bring 
to the confluence? Like, what are some of the unique gifts that I might be able to share uh, with the people at this gathering? And so this was one of the cards I pulled, which is the reveler. Um, and that was really helpful for me because it was, you know, the idea to bring my, the work I've done personally on getting in touch with my senses, um, getting in touch with um, spaciousness of time, learning how to be playful and bring a sense of adventurousness and playfulness into uh, into the classes that I'm going to be sharing. So that was one that was really beautiful to see here. There's also the Enchanter is one of the Hedge Guild Arcana. That looks a lot like Kiva. <laughs> and, um, and then there's other ones that are more masculine archetypes. Um, here's definitely Kiva. Isn't that beautiful? This is the plant healer. Oh, it's not going to show you the face on it, but um, it is stunningly her. And uh, here's the woods bard. Isn't that great? I see a little Jesse in there. And so you'll see that there's a lot of, you know, these cards really beautifully show um, the people of the hedge. And they give you, you know, one thing that's interesting about this deck is that they're all significators. So Jesse and Kiva say in the, in the introduction that all of the cards represent aspects of you as a significator, or, you know, we do this in tarot, when we do a tarot spread, we look at, you know, who, like, who is this spread representing, or we look at who is the person asking the question. And so this, you know, this particular arcana, the significant, or, or this particular, um, uh, part of the deck, the hedge guild, represent specifically the different archetypes of people that are represented in this other world, the hedge world. But certainly the plants and the fauna, they say, are also significators. So they can also point back to you as the quarant, you as the person who's asking the question, or they can represent the people that you're asking about. So in that way, you, know, you can kind of see um, the person coming through all three of these different arcanas, all of these three different major uh, representations in the deck. So we've got the hedge guild arcana. The next one is the hedge fauna. So these are the animals and also reptiles. So we saw the snake is one card. Uh, we have the wild boar. Gosh, these are just beautiful. The hedge hare. This is one of my favorites. Look at that gorgeous. And then one that I pulled the other day that uh, was really significantly helpful for me was the stag, which was the, the image of leadership and the hunt and the search and the quest for knowledge um, and being able to take a more, you know, uh, to take a role as a leader in a group or in a place that you find yourself in, in the circumstances you find yourself in. So that is the fauna. Um, there's more, there's the hedge toad and it goes on. I don't wanna give them all away, but there's a lot of beautiful cards there. And then there's the flora arcana, which are the plants. So here's one of my favorites, the stinging nettle card. There's blood root, which I learned a lot about um, really interestingly, you know, because they talk about the medicinal values of the plants, you know, how are the plants used, but then there's also a lot of stories about the folklore and um, ancient Greek myths, uh, and also, um, you know, kind of obscure facts about the plants that will help you understand why they've shown up in a spread. Here is Datura. Uh, we had that growing in Maryland. Boy, that's a plant to be respected. 
And one of my favorites, Yarrow. Look at her. Oh, so beautiful. So when you're doing when you're doing a spread uh, for yourself or for someone else, there's a diversity in this deck that I really love. That you're getting people, you're getting animals and and beans, you know, the four-legged beans, and then you're getting the plant world. So there's a lot of different ways information and answers can come through. Now, let me read you a little bit from the book because there are some the magic of this deck. I think is best captured in some of the words that Jesse and Kiva wrote about this particular arrangement and how they came to it. So let me just read you this, this, this piece, this piece really spoke to me. And this is from um, the beginning chapter called the induction. Your hedge oracle deck is a pocket-sized imaginarium, a cabinet of curiosities serving as inspiration and explanation as medicine tool vehicle, augur, and diviner. The word oracle comes through Old French from the, Lat from the Latin oraculum, meaning to speak, and its cards strive to speak to us through the mouths of ancient but evolved archetypes like the seeker, the seer, the hedge witch, the misfit, the wilding, the trickster, the hedge hare, the honeybee, the bramble, the rowan, the magic mushroom. So I love that, a pocket-sized imaginarium. And so the idea is, is that this deck is something that can come with you. It can go with you on your travels, your adventures from one floor of your house to the next. It can come indoors and outdoors. And it's a vehicle through which exploration and explanation can come together. And for me as a tarot reader and a diviner, what the way that I see the real benefit of these cards and the way that I use them is when I'm sitting with something, it can be a question or it can be a circumstance that there's more information I know that's out there that's not accessible to me yet. And so when I know I'm on the edge of something or when I'm even feeling lost and I need more clarity about something, I'll reach for a deck or I'll reach for the I Ching. I'll look for um, you know, a tool or even sometimes out my window, you know, looking at nature can sometimes there's divination in nature. There'll be symbols and signs that come to you that have messages for you. But what the deck does is it gives you very specific archetypes and images and a lot of information so that you can extrapolate for yourself a message and an answer, or maybe not even a, a definite answer, but a breadcrumb. So what I find when, when I use tarot cards, especially this deck, is that it just gives me new images that I can start to dissect and look at and explore that will start to reveal things I already knew about the circumstance or about the question. And I'm like, oh gosh, you know, that's a different way of looking at it, but it makes sense. And he, and then I can start to pull together a larger framework and story for answering that question. Or sometimes specifically the plants come out. I'll do a spread and yarrow will come out. And I'll think about what I know as an herbalist about yarrow and why would yarrow be coming through today in this particular moment for this particular question. And sometimes it'll be as literal as I need to take yarrow as a tea. You know, it might be literally, you need this medicine. But it can also just be what are the archetypes and symbols that Yarrow contains that can give me clarity and insight into whatever it is I'm trying to figure out, right? 
So that's so helpful. It's so helpful to have these tools so that we can explore very different perspectives into looking at one particular question or cause or circumstance. So I love that. Now, let me read to you something else that I found really beautiful from this book. This is about the hedge. So why is it called the hedge? Why is it called the hedge, the hedge guild's other world oracle? So he says, your hedge is a community of otherness, an association of kindred seekers and artisans creating enchanted new ways of living, expressing and manifesting, a clan of seekers in pursuit of shared goals, like the remaking of our culture in the world, the healing of hearts and minds, bodies and spirits. You have entered a fellowship of magical beings who may or may not realize just how magical and empowered you all truly are. So this is an invitation to join a world of other beings. It's not just the cards. It's not just I am asking a question for my own benefit, but it's that I'm entering into a world with other beings who actually might have questions themselves. You know, they're in engaging in this world and stepping into this hedge it's that you're entering into a community dialogue. Whereas if I, as I ask questions to the stag card about my, my situation, the stag card can also, and the stag energy can also interact with me. And maybe that it's not just a one-way street. You know, this, this idea here is that we're entering into a world of reciprocity where my questions and my ponderings can actually influence a larger world shift and larger world paradigm. And, uh, you know, I think that's just so beautiful and so amazing to think about because as we know, you know, the world is not all that we see. There's so much that ha is happening concurrently that is just beyond our senses ability to grasp. And we know that time, while it appears linear, is actually way more complex than that. And so in what ways is my engaging with these oracles and this archetype also maybe influencing past and future questions and answers and explorations. So it's like, you know, stepping into uh, a big pool that is constantly uh, refreshing itself um, through time and space um, with, with other, with other entities, because these archetypes are sometimes I think of them, you know, they don't just exist kind of out there in an ideal, in an imaginary world, but they're around us all the time. And I know for myself as a creative, um, you know, when I have ideas of things to teach or things to make, I know that if I don't make it or teach it, somebody else will, because it's an idea and ideas are like little sprites that float around and, you know, they're just waiting for someone to catch them. They're like, you're going to be a good suitor. Let me just drop into you. But if, if you, if, if the idea comes into you and you don't do anything with it, it'll move on to someone else. And so in the same way, these archetypes, you know, they're floating around us and they can engage with us. We can engage with them. Um, and it can be a missed opportunity if we don't, if we don't grab that. All right. Um, so that was, I, I wanted to, to talk about that idea of this as a world that we enter, not just as some physical thing that we are touching and, and, and throwing as a, a way to answer uncertainty. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is um, what the cards do. They do two things in particular. And so this is the way that, that uh, Jesse and Kiva talk about the way that the cards, um, the way that they 
they can tell us things. So the first way is that they can tell us that we may need more clarity about ourselves, our feelings, about a situation, effort of ours, or influence or threat. Secondly, they can remind us of what abilities already come we come equipped with. Um, it can suggest cues or directions for us to follow. So again, this is the idea of the significator that the cards can actually show us, you know, qualities um, about ourselves, or they can offer clarity around parts of ourselves that we're not able to see, or we haven't seen until that moment, or reminding us of things that we've already known and can give us direction and guide, guide us in a certain, in a certain way. Uh, and so that's, I think those are two really magical ways that we can interact with the cards. All right. So lastly, um, I wanted to tell you the two suggested spreads that they recommend for using this particular deck. And the first one is a one card draw. And I do this a lot. So, you know, if, for example, sometimes I'll just wake up in the morning and I'll just say, spirit, you know, what is one thing I should really have my eye out for today? Or spirit, what is some help? What is some guidance? Or, um, you know, what is what is something that would be helpful as I as I move through through the day and I'll just draw one card or sometimes, you know, if there's something that I'm, I'm preparing for, I'll say, what's something I'm missing? Can you show me something I'll, I'm missing? And then I'll draw one card. The other spread is um, a four card spread. And this is one that represents sort of a continuum of time. So you, the first card is the most past and you put that on the left side, even though this is a mirrored. So on your left, <laughs> you'll put the first card. That's the most distant past. The second card to the left is going to be the next in line. Um, so it's coming more towards the present. And then the third is sort of, you know, it's sort of like present going into the future. And then the fourth card is the furthest most future. So it's sort of this, again, this continuum from past to the left to future on the right. And that's really helpful because it helps you to see kind of where you've been and where you're headed and what the energies are there. So that's the spread that I did. Um, I've done both both spreads and they've both been really helpful. It just kind of, it, it's also how much time do you have? Because sometimes when you're in a rush, you only have time for one card. Now, I thought it'd be fun to just do a spread with you all and um, show you how I, how I choose the cards. So I'm just gonna show you, you know, I usually shuffle the cards. You can do it anyway. I kind of like to go corner to corner like that. Some people don't do that because they say that it messes up the cards, but I like my cards to get a little soft. So I like to bend them a little and then push them together. And then I'll split them a few times. And the idea here, one of my friends, Daljeet, um, she's a really amazing tarot reader. She just said, you know, you want to hold the cards and you want to ask the question like 10 times. And I was like, that seems like a lot. She goes, no. She said, the cards, you know, think about the way, you know, the deeper and the more the more the more clear and the deeper space you drop into when you ask a question, the better the answer will be. So I take my time with the cards and I'll just shuffle them. I'll move them around. And the question I'm going to ask is going to be, this is going to be, you know, an experiment, but I'm going to ask a question of what is one thing that we collectively can work on over the next month? And this can be, whenever you end up watching this, this is the month ahead for you. So we'll just take a month ahead card and just see what comes up. So what is going to be helpful for us in the month ahead? What is going to be helpful for us in the month ahead? What is going to be helpful for us in the month ahead? 
what is going to be helpful for us in the month ahead? What is going to be helpful for us in the month ahead? And that feels good to me. Now I feel like, okay, it's a very clear question. The cards feel solid in my hands. And then I fan them open and I look for the one that kind of hops out. And now you guys might be, you know, you might see one that's already hopped out, but I don't see one quite yet. It's still, they're still organizing. Oh, this one really hops out to me. This one here. Did some of you see that too? Okay. The Hedgewise, number eight. Ooh, I like that a lot, especially since I'm heading to the mountains this month. So let's, I'll read you about it. And so that way you guys can get a sense of how this works and also um, have a little bit of guidance for you as you move through this next month. Okay. So here it is. Look at this beautiful illustration. So it has some bullet points up at the top I'll read to you, just some like kind of overviews. So the gathering and developing of wisdom, the meaning and application of wisdom, aids to wisdom and hints to the wise. And then here is a quote called the meeting. Then I began to thrive and wisdom to get. I grew and well I was. Each word led me onto another word, each deed to another deed. From the... I'm going to probably mispronounce this from the Havamal stanza 142. So now I'll read to you um, more about this. The hedgewise dangles from the most ancient tree over a sacred well of wisdom, heart worthy and mind cleared by the pain of such dangerous and lengthy efforts, head tilted, peering down the crystalline waters with a single intent eye. It was, after all, only with the sacrificing of the other eye that they could see the swirl of holographic visions and rune-like symbols that cannot be discerned from any other vantage or angle. The loss of half of one's normal vision in order to elicit the activation and compensations of a more magical way of seeing. And so you can't see this, but this one eye is blind in this man. So here it's talking about that. So this is just kind of describing who this person is. Then um, I'll continue reading. Thus enabled, the hedgewise moves on to examine what they think of as the nine realms or worlds, not in search of fairness, justice, or riches, but on a determined quest to gather to them the full knowledge of present and future reality, of effects and ramifications, the powerful wisdom of not only knowing things, but understanding how to make practical and responsible use of that which can be held and known. Here is a story of the hedgewise posing as a poor and aimless wander, so as attract little attention and avoid arousing the mistrust of people and things they wish to observe. Staring out from beneath a peaked boiled wool hat, we find entirely different kind of being, passionately focused on little else but the gathering of intelligence, insight, and foresight. So if we just stop there for a minute and we think about our own lives. So where is it that... You know, how is it that we begin to shift our the, our way of seeing to become smaller and a little bit less obvious so that we can start to do deeper study of the world around us? You know, if we want to observe something, it's best to not be observed at the same time. And we know in science that, you know, um, observing something can change the thing being observed. So in order to have the least effect on the thing being observed, we have to make ourselves kind of invisible. 
All right, now the rendering. Looking like a cross between a wizened wizard and a slightly crazed mountain man, my image of the Hedgewise is rather obviously inspired by the poet god of Old Norse cosmology. His countenance emanates strength and power, even as he can even as his contemporaries described him as effeminate for his attraction to poetry and fine ways of speaking. His gentle touch and unexpectedly fierce temper, in addition to his insistence on engaging in soothsaying and necromancy of the satyr, a traditionally a woman's role. You can easily imagine a female of the same character on the same mission, minus only the beard. So again, this is a little bit more about this particular card. And so for ourselves, you know, like this balance, this effeminate energy that makes us maybe more able to see things if we can embody the masculine and the feminine. Now, here we get to the lessons of the draw. This tells us about why you might have drawn this card, why we drew this card. You know, what is it? What are the lessons that are at hand? And again, I'm not reading every single thing here. I'm, I'm just extrapolating. So um, you can buy this book and card deck and read the full read the full description. So here's the quote: "It is the provident. It is the province of knowledge to speak, and it is the privilege of wisdom to listen." Oliver Wendell Holmes, the poet at the breakfast table, 1872. With the Hedgewise card in your hand, you are encouraged to increase and intensify your listening and learning, your search for integration of and application of wisdom. This wisdom of which we speak is not about data and info, but rather involves accumulated experience, knowledge, insight, enlightenment, critical thinking skills, effective discernment, and judgment. The well beckons. If you get far enough out on a limb to see past the mirroring reflections, light refractions, and the illusions that such brings. For effective holistic wisdom, what price would you be willing to pay? What commitments and oaths would you be happy to pledge and keep? What would you be willing to give, to sacrifice, to let go of? Would you trade some portion of mundane vision for special sight? for previously inexplicable alternative visions of a world uninhabited by assumption, dogma, and commonplace. Hmm. To become wise, oops, to become wise, whether in your current situation or throughout your life, requires that you not only see what you hoped to, but also that which seems to contradict your presumptions and preferences. Consider quietly or even surreptitiously insinuating yourself into positions where you can not only observe but experience, participate, and then test by attempting to apply your new discoveries, understandings, and skills. So to me, one of those things says is like, it's time to not only observe and take in information, but to test it, to put it to use. So I'm just thinking about, you know, myself and maybe my situation, maybe you can think about your own situation. And what have you been maybe starting to observe or find interest in? Like, are there any new topics or new crafts or new plants that have been piquing your interest? And maybe it's time to engage in a deeper study of those, of one of those things or all of those things, if you have the time, <laughs> but what is calling to you and how do you listen and take notes, observe, reflect, look for things that maybe you didn't want to see, because that's always a part of learning, right? What's going to challenge your assumptions? And then how do you test that knowledge? 
Logic is but one route to wisdom. Conscious and considered feeling is another, as are mystery, curiosity, experiencing, creating, recombining, and aspirational dreaming or envisioning. Hmm. All right, I'm going to close with this one, and then um, I'll tell you more about how you can get this deck. It is wise to accept how little it is that you actually know and what you could most benefit by learning. It is wise to ascertain your true identity, abilities, gifts, challenges, and wise to look at what can be grown, adapted, or improved. It is wise to notice, listen, and delve, and heed instead of mainly claiming and exclaiming. Wise to measure, weigh, and balance. Wise to follow your heart and tend your spirit. Wise to know what depletes or dishonors you, what might limit or pervert or sabotage your intentions and goals. Wise to know where you are and what direction you are going. Wise to factor in potential consequences, results, ramifications, many steps on down the line. Wise to realize what brings you joy and fulfillment and to maximize and utilize such things. That's good, right? So how are you going to do that? How are you going to identify your gifts, your challenges, and how are you going to apply that wisdom into whatever it is that you're exploring? It's a really good question. So usually here's what I do when I get something like this is I get out my colored pencils and I get out a blank piece of paper and I draw. And usually I don't know exactly what I'm going to start with, but usually I have kind of one idea. So, you know, I might say, teaching, because that's something I love to do. So I'll just start with maybe the word teaching in the middle. And then I'll just sort of see what, what, you know, what comes out of that? What do I want to explore in more depth? What are the, what are the images that come through in terms of my curiosities? And how am I going to create more time to give to those things? And, um, and then the process might be, you know, even more so, this because of this image is um how do i take on wisdom how do i take on the seer who can see things in a completely different perspective so maybe as i'm drawing and i'm identifying the things i want to explore more deeply i consider my own blocks my own shortcomings uh that can be cultural or familial ancestral right where do I get blocked in seeing things as they could be? And then I'll just go from there, right? Because we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but that's where I would start with this. And then over the course of the month, keep your hand on that pulse and follow it through and test it and keep inquiring. So this is a really, I love this. Wasn't that cool? It's so amazing. So, uh, so let me tell you a little bit more about where you can find this book. So the Oracle Companion can be found on planthealer.org. That's their website. Mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of different uh, places where you can find them. They're on Instagram. That will link you back to their um, back to their information. And what I'll do is in the description of this talk, I'll include several links directly to this Oracle, to Plant Healer's website, to the Confluence if you want to come join us in Colorado this year or next. Um, and I'll include contact information for Jesse and Kiva in case you have questions about their Oracle deck. Again, I strongly recommend if you love to do tarot or even, you know, if you're brand new or you're experienced, this deck is amazing. It also has a very small little kind of handheld um, 
overview of the deck and how to use it. It comes with a nice box that holds them all together very well. And um, yeah, they're just, just beautiful, beautifully done cards. So thank you for listening, for watching. I hope you learned something. Uh, maybe some things really stood out for you in this deck or in today's spread that we read together. And as always, um, if you like this video, you can follow me. I am on YouTube a lot. <laughs> I'm on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Sky House Herbs. You can also find me, um, my, my YouTube is Sky House Herbs and my Instagram is also Sky House Herbs. So come follow me, hang out with me. We'll do more things like this on my channel. And uh, I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.